Welcome to the Sherlock's Team Podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined by Tor Cardona and Lou Half. Hi, guys. Hello. Happy 2021. Georgie and I did a bit of a uh, reflection on the new year, the fact that it's a new year on last week's podcast and obviously the fact of our current situation. So we won't dwell too much on lockdown 3.0, but I want to know how are you guys finding it so far? Are you enjoying it at all? I think I am. What are you enjoying, Charlotte? Well, it's like the midst of January, right? And normally on a Sunday night in January, I'd be like, oh my God, it's so cold. I'd just be thinking about how cold and dark it is and dreading the kind of the schlap to the office five days a week. And and I don't know, to me, I'm really enjoying the, oh, I can just stay at home. There's no obligation to go anywhere on Saturday night. I didn't want to go out and I didn't have to. I couldn't. And I'm quite enjoying the, the nesting, I suppose. Totally. I get that aspect of it. But again, the uncertainty. I find that really stressful. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's lovely being at home, but are we going to be home in March? I don't know. I know. Lou, how are you feeling? I get that about the mornings. I think actually that's probably the nicest bit and sort of the weather is horrendous and that feeling like you don't need to leave your house. But then I think those moments when you're like, I really need to get out of my house and you get a bit cabin fevery. that's the bit that I get a bit stressed out about when I went for a walk on the weekend to kind of get some air. And actually, our local park was so busy that it made me feel like even more anxious kind of... Lou, I was exactly the same. Yeah, I'm sort of darting it around people. And then I ended up just like walking back and forth in the field just to like literally like doing lengths, basically, to try and avoid people, which isn't great. So I'm finding that element of it a bit overwhelming just because I'm just not getting out of the house. I think last week I left the house twice, which is <gasps> so yes, bad. Yeah. No, but Lou, I get it. It's really hard, especially once you start work and you have a manic day and suddenly it's like seven o'clock and you're like, actually, I'm starving. I can't be asked to go for a walk. It's freezing mm. and it's cold. And it's dark as well. Yeah, I think yeah. those who've got dogs, actually, it's such a good way you have to get out of the house, whereas yeah. I don't really have anything like that. So I keep saying to myself like every day, I really need to be strict and actually do something but it's then like, what do I walk around the block? So Ben has been working from home since March, hasn't had a single day in the office, like a lot of people, and was finding that really quite emotionally taxing by the end of last year and was really dreading kind of going back to that in January. So we put a series of things in place to try and make it A, feel like a new year, but B, to try and, you know, break up his day and make it feel more bearable. And so one of those things has been getting up and going for a walk first thing in the morning so out the house by seven full hour loop and we take the dog but it's certainly it's not for the dog he's going to daycare anyway so that and it's really hard getting out I don't know how we always do it to go to gym classes or whatever before work because it's so hard dragging yourself out when it's cold and dark but in the same way that I used to find or I know you're the same when you run like when you get up and you're like I can't imagine ever feeling not exhausted and irritated that I'm up now by the time you get home you feel so good and Ben has found that has made the biggest difference last week doing that every single day has completely changed his mindset and how he feels yeah and I mean I've never gone out for a walk and been like god I don't feel better now from doing Mm. that so I 100% know it's just telling myself I need to do it and yeah Yeah. finding some time probably that early in the morning is probably when it's least busy so it's probably easiest to find a bit of space to yourself when you're yeah. stuck in the centre of London and also with you Lou I find that if you go for a walk just because you feel like you need to go out then you're just kind of walking up and down being like why am I here so I found that it's really nice going somewhere that is like a food destination so some of the restaurants on Hampstead High Street are doing kind of pop-up things outside and you can get foods and, and drinks and stuff from a kind of cart um, yeah a vendor exactly outside the restaurant so we've been again on the weekends kind of making a point to walk up there it's about a half an hour walk from us get food walk back and then you know you feel like you're walking 
walk has had some purpose as opposed to just being like a pointless get out the house activity. Yeah. So yeah. we've had two lockdown weekends. What have you guys filled your weekends with that's then different to your working week? Sure. You know what? I've been watching way more TV than I usually would. I think in the first lockdown because the weather was nicer and I don't know things were different then. I would I just didn't actually watch that much TV, but mm. I have been really going for it this time. I'm like, why the hell not? But again, don't you feel like in the first lockdown, it just felt like such a waste of a weekend when it was glorious weather outside to be yeah. sat on your sofa, whereas here, like, no guilt. Yeah, and I feel there's some really good stuff on at the moment. I'm like, I'd be mad not to. Well, what have you been watching? I got a new laptop for Christmas, which is very exciting, and I got a year's free Apple TV with it. So I've been really enjoying looking through that, and I've been enjoying the morning show. I keep meaning to watch the morning show. It's have, really good. Yeah, I, mean, I've, I mean, I'm only four episodes through, but it's got such a good cast, and it's just... Very good. I highly recommend. Is it Great funny cast. or is it no. dramatic? No, 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 no. It's not super dramatic, but it's definitely a drama as opposed to a comedy. It's okay. heavy. I started watching, I think, when it first came out and was it kind of, I don't know why, I just was expecting it to be a little bit more like tongue in cheek and a bit of a humour, but actually it's not at all. Okay. But it's Noted. really good. I really recommend that. Also finally finished The Queen's Gambit. I know I'm really late to the party <laughs> on that. Um, Did you like it? Yeah, I think it kind of dropped massively in the middle, but it's picking up towards the end. Did you guys see that meme that was about the guy who wrote it and how he basically has been trying to get it off the ground for 30 years and it was turned down by like nine different production houses and it was being shared as a meme of like a, you know never give up on your dreams blah 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 because now it's I think it's like the most watched Netflix show ever is that right? Yeah I think yeah, um, Anya Taylor-Joy was on Graham Norton on yes. Friday night and she said that or Graham said that it has been watched like by 60 or 52 yeah. or 62 million households. She's quite weird isn't she? I really like her but she's quirky like her character. Definitely and I also definitely I think she suits the orange hair over the blonde. Oh no, I way prefer her blonde. And also, I did not realise that. Oh, what's that guy? It's Dudley Dursley from Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. anyone know else? That re- no. And yeah. I thought it was. I looked at him. I was like, Oh my god, it's Neville Longbottom. That's and what I, I thought. It. When she started talking about him being on Harry Potter, that's exactly what I thought as well. Yeah. And then I giggled it. I was like, Oh my god, it's Dudley. Well, he's lost quite a lot of weight, to be fair, in the last twenty years. And but grown yeah. up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he's no longer twelve. Um, but it's the same. The other guy as well. He plays the like Texan chess player. Yes, Love Actually. He's Love Actually Featherboy. Yeah, Yeah. I know. Great cast. So good. Lee, what about you? What have you been doing to mix up your weekends? You've been doing some decorating. Yes, this weekend we decorating our lounge. I'm not quite sure how it happened, but suddenly my husband decided that he wanted to put some coving in our lounge. Just We've got a sort of a Victorian first floor conversion flat, but a lot of the period features have come out. So we thought we'd bring some of them back in. I had to Google coving when you said you were doing it. <laughs> I've got coving around the entirety of my flat. Did you have coving, but it just it wasn't no. fancy? Or like, what no, no, was there none? Have, we didn't have any. So in our bedroom, oh, we've got it. Yeah. And in the hallway of like the entrance to the property, we have it. But I guess the way that the flat's been cut up, we don't have anything. For those who don't know, it's like a helmet for your, where your ceiling meets your wall, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you can get loads of different styles of design some a little bit more modern some you know a lot more grand there's literally thousands and thousands of options it sounds like quite a big job Lou it wasn't we just had two guys came in um and fitted it and it was quite simple but then everything comes after that so it made such a mess of the walls which were already filthy to be honest but then we had to miscoat it then paint it and then it sort of started then let's redo the whole lounge so 
we have had to take some shelves out in some corner units. So there's lots of sort of filling, sanding, etc, etc. So I feel exhausted by the end of the weekend. And we haven't even finished. So we've got probably another weekend to go. People ask us a lot about doing DIY yourself. So you guys are obviously quite handy, but coving you wouldn't touch yourselves. No, I don't. I think, you know, you've got to get someone that's going to make the moulds. It's obviously kind of made to measure to your property. But as I said, it's not super, super expensive. So and then it's like a day to install. It's then kind of all the bits that come after with painting it, etc. That you need to do afterwards. And what did you go for? Something quite twiddly? Like how fancy is it? It's not too fancy. I think it suits the size of the room and the property. And, you know, we looked at like our skirting boards and things like that. And you sort of want to try and match it. And we got loads of samples and kind of stuck stuck them up on the wall. But it looks really good, actually. It was one of those things at first I was like, oh, do we do, you know, I don't know how long we'll be in this flat for. Like, is that something that we really need to do? But actually, it has made such a difference. So really, really happy with it. And actually, in the summer, we did a bit of panelling in our hallway as well. And we just got sort of metre lengths of like a little dado rail, which we put in our hallway as well. And it was something like £24 to buy it. So again, a really affordable way of just adding a bit of interest. And I think when we are stuck at home, I think doing things like that, which probably you put off, you know, you get a bit bored of your own home. It's nice to kind of bring it to life a bit. And also so nice to have like a bit of time on the weekend to do that and have a little project, I think. Yeah, exactly. You feel a little bit less guilty not going out where you've kind of got something to show for it. But it did mean that then all of last week, the kind of the flat was an absolute mess. So everything was in the lounge was either basically in our bedroom or in the hallway. So we had to turn our sort of study into like a snug. But we actually made the most of it and we kind of made it into like a bit of a cinema room. And we've like layered our sofa on top of our sofa bed and then used my husband's screen as a giant screen. So we watched loads of films and TV and actually it was quite cosy kind of watching something in a completely different area of the house and made it feel a little bit more special anyway. Lou, when we were chatting about this last week when you said you'd done that, I was saying like when I was a teenager, I used to change my bedroom around like maybe every three months. Like, like did was, you? Yeah, did you not? I was I, I wasn't allowed. Oh, okay. I was you weren't allowed. <laughs> it was all like, you know, furniture in a certain place and I think it, oh, it no, just was what it was. was. No, yeah, I was, was, yeah. I was obsessed and doing things like that, like using, a, or I remember getting my first like a desktop, like a Mac desktop and using that. I got DVDs. It was that Mac you remember that had like the bubble at the bottom and the DVDs would go like into yeah, it yeah. and I remember just watching Legally Blonde I was so far the desk was so far from the end of the bed but I'd lie <laughs> at the very end of the bed watching Legally Blonde on repeat I just remember feeling like it was such a grown-up room it was so yeah cool. I used to do it like I don't know probably once a month I would do it on a Sunday and it would be like a surprise for my parents to like come and like I'd like show them around my new room <laughs> and then in the evening my dad would come and like tuck me up in bed and he'd always pretend to like fall over where the bed used to be because he'd think I was there <laughs> so cute I was also telling you about my friend who when she was 14 had her bedroom like completely redone and her parents offered her a double bed at that point but she wanted a single bed so she had more space for dance routines but then they refused to buy her a double bed when she like grew up so until we were like I don't know 24 when she moved out she was stuck with a single bed <laughs> and extra dance routine space so. is she is she Classic. a dancer no literally <laughs> 
could not be further from it. Um, it was so, no, no, she just wanted to like, I don't know, dance to Britney in her, on mean, her carpet. I mean, did we all? I love that. I know, literally. She was not forward thinking, though. <laughs> it's an interesting question, isn't it? Doing um, like whether you should do home improvements on a property that you know you're not staying in. And yeah. we went through this for so many years because we kept saying like, oh, we won't be here that long. But then it turned out that maybe then there was like four years where I was just like not that happy because we never did the things that I actually just wish we had done in the first yeah. place. Yeah, I mean, we're in a similar situation at the moment because we've bought this property and yes. again we know it's not going to be a forever home but actually who's to say it won't be and yeah you know for the sake of I mean Lou you said that thing cost you 25 quid for the sake of what 100 quid for something like yeah. just, I, I do think it's worth it and also to all, you might, it might not be your forever home but you you know if you want to live somewhere nice for like five to ten years you still want to make it your own don't you make it exactly. Nice. Yeah. exactly I think it's about also then if you're thinking about reselling it what's sort of gonna not essentially add value but you know aesthetically things that are going to I guess enhance your property mm. yeah um, or, it's or then if you're yeah. buying bits of furniture things like would you like take this away with you or would you yeah. leave it or whatever so my dad always says that his biggest regret they bought their forever home when they were like early 40s and always says his biggest regret is spending money on soft furnishings before they moved into that house because it was just such a waste he's like curtain sofas that kind of stuff like don't I either buy investment like forever you know buy one incredible sofa or one incredible you know side table or whatever or just don't which I think is very easy for men to say my mum's always like don't be so ridiculous like we had to live in nice <laughs> houses until the age of 40 but yeah it's just an interesting perspective isn't it so you in your new house not at all no, 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 not yet. Hoping okay. like Feb, March, because we've had to postpone the wedding again, which was, was going to be say, in March. People are going to want wedding updates from both of you. So, Tor, yeah. you've, you've moved yours sensibly now. I think, I mean, you moved it pre lockdown, but I mean, you've made the right decision, haven't you? Yeah, it, to be honest with you, until Christmas, it wasn't really something that we'd kind of even thought about. I mm. thought March would be fine. But then the whole second strain thing happened, and I was like, you know what? Actually, it's only nine weeks away. And I was like, that's just way too soon. Yeah. We were on the phone to the venue, and they happened to have a cancellation for the bank holiday weekend in May. And I was so like, look, God, that so, is amazing. I was like, I think it's a gift from like someone. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, we have to just do it. And it, you know, it's postponing it by like what two or three months. Yeah, it's not. Um, a lot. I mean, realistically, the March day will be cancelled. So yeah. I think. Done yeah, because right it was thing. early March as well, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it was. But I and, actually and, think yeah. two, three months is almost like the perfect bit because you you can still like be excited about it kind of happening semi soon. If you had to mm. move it to like October, I think you'd yeah. kind of be like, oh, like okay, let me just wait again. Exactly. Whereas you're moving it to a much kind of safer point. Yeah fingers crossed hopefully I'm sure by May tour it's going to be a much better situation than it is right now anyway for sure. so yeah for sure um, I think that's the perfect time for you yeah I mean it's just quite stressful now having to like email you know what it's like Lou, like email your suppliers like here we go again like yeah. third cancellation like obviously sadly some of them aren't available so having to find new ones what's not available the mini moon we had booked the hotel is fully booked which is really really gutting we you, um, you skiing or was this in the UK no in the UK which is really <laughs> sad we had booked Fox Hill Manor okay just really supposed to be really really special but, but you know what Tor, they also may have cancellations let's like, just yeah. keep checking and the second one is our cake lady who is now due on a baby on like that that day so okay. she's oh. not available um sure. so if anyone knows any good cake people Lou like near the Bristol kind of that kind of Cheltenham area hit me up and how do you feel about it Tor? are you feeling okay yeah, I think so. I mean, I just kind of want to get it over and done with now. Without sounding a bit unromantic, mm. I just want to do it now. And I'm so bored of emailing all these people, all the guests, yeah. all the suppliers. Like, I just want to do it now. And yeah. I actually am feeling really positive about it. It's just, I mean, I literally have no idea what that day is going to look like. It mm. might literally be five people. It might be a hundred people. How have you like sort of managed that with your guests in terms of, you know, your original guests? This is what, 120? 170. How have you sort of, I imagine 170 is maybe unlikely to happen. I think even 100 is unlikely, to be honest. Have you said to certain people, like, unfortunately, this might happen? Or or sort of how have you worded that with 
what that date will be. You told everyone and basically said, like, you know we just don't know please keep the date in your diary and we'll let you know near the time like but also yeah. please appreciate that you know it, the chances are it could be a very small wedding and if that happens we might not be able to accommodate everyone yeah. i think at this point no one's going to be exactly no one's backs are going to be put out by yeah. by the situation are they and actually some of the messages we've had have been so nice everyone's just like Aww. you know please don't think about us you guys are the most important thing you just you need to get married like yeah. just do it we'll celebrate when we can but it's it's really hard it's really hard yeah um, it's I, can, I completely get that that yeah not being able to imagine what your wedding day is going to look like is stressful and mm. i guess in your head as well to trying to then work out okay whatever those numbers are who sits within those numbers as well and how you decide on that but not really wanting to decide on it until you completely know what it is we've made lists for 150 30 and 15 that's clever just not set in stone but just just give us a rough idea and Mm. lou you're a success story of you didn't know what your wedding day was going to look like you could never have imagined that it ended up looking the way it did but it was still yeah exactly and i think it just goes to show tour that whatever it will be it will be so unbelievably special and kind of everything that you've been going through in the last couple of months leading up to this point like I, I just think that your day will be even more special than you could have ever imagined it would be. So, yeah. Yeah, I hope so. Let's see. Today, this morning, there was some very exciting news announced. Well, some people think this is very exciting news. This is that there is going to be a Sex in the City reboot. Sarah Jessica Parker and Cynthia Nixon and Kristen Davis all announced, they all released a trailer, a sort of trailer, at the same time on their Instagrams this morning, announcing that there will be a new 10-part series on HBO Max, I feel like I'm the only person on the internet not jumping for joy at this news. How do you both feel? I'm unsure about how I feel about this. On one hand, I'm excited to see what they are like now in present day. And and also, I guess when I used to watch it, I couldn't really relate to them in terms of like life and circumstance. Not that I'm also 15 can relate now, <laughs> but I guess it's a little bit more in the realm of what I know. But it's Sex in the City. And it's, I guess, part of its allure is like that 90s throwback and the fashion and how fabulous and sassy and I don't know, a remake has never lived up to its expectations. So I'm just nervous that it's just going to ruin it, if that makes sense. Tori, you a fan? Yeah, I'm a big fan. And you know what? I Half of me was like, oh shit, this is a bit cringy. I'm not sure I can deal with it. But actually, because we had the films in the middle as kind of a bit of a stopgap and a mini update, I feel it's just going to kind of carry on from that and it might actually work. I just feel but, like and I the love films. films. What, both? Yeah. I feel, I feel no, no. I, yeah, I, no. <laughs> see, see, I just put the films in a completely different camp. I would much rather neither of the films ever came up because I just don't think they're of the same ilk that the show is. But they had to kind of update and go with the times. And I think the films reflected that quite well. The way I see it is is when you you go back and watch, particularly the early series, it even feels controversial now. Like so much of what they did and what they said feels like naughty and cult and, you know, raw and, you know, refreshing. That was so lost in the films. I quite like the first movie because it was that. It was an update and it had been 10 years since we'd last seen them and and so I really kind of appreciated that even though what I actually watched it last week and it's just drivel. But anyway, I do I do really love it. I mean, but the second film, which was just this revolting consumerist rubbish, is so far from what like Sex and City was all about and yeah. that whole like, you know, revolutionary cult, you know, independent woman thing, and I'm just so scared they're going to take that even further and it's just gone so far from what it was and what made it so good and now it was just about four you know overly indulged women which just really upset me yeah i completely agree on the other hand i will watch it 
<laughs> well, yeah, I mean, obviously. <laughs> um, also, no Kim Cattrall. Yeah, that's it was shame. inevitable. Do you remember their yeah. massive spat when she Instagrammed about... So Kim Cattrall's brother went missing, presumed dead, and Sarah Jessica Parker Instagrammed something like, reaching out, so sorry to hear about this. And Kim Cattrall Instagrammed a picture that said, I don't need your love or support at this tragic time at Sarah Jessica Parker. And then the caption was, my mum asked me today, when will that at Sarah Jessica Parker, that hypocrite, leave you alone? Your continuous reaching out is a painful reminder of how cruel you really were then and now. Let me make this very clear if I haven't already. You are not my family. You are not my friend. So I'm writing to tell you one last time to stop exploiting our tragedy in order to restore your nice girl, in inverted commas, persona. Bloody hell. I know. That Wait, who wrote that? Bitch. Kim Cattrall's Kim mother Cattrall. wrote that. Ooh, no, no, Kim Cattrall, Kim Cattrall herself wrote that. Not her God. mother. She like quoted what her mum said. So yeah. Do we know the backstory? Like, that's very vicious. Well, there were always rumours, I think, that they had massive beef on set mm. and that, you know, SJP isn't all sweetness and light. But yeah, I guess that was confirmation, wasn't it? So I guess that's why she's not back. But I don't understand how you can make a Sex and City without Samantha. I guarantee I'm going to put money on this now. The opening scenes will be her funeral. They'll kill her off. I'm telling you now. No. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. No. No, you can't do that. I think she'll be out filming somewhere and I think they'll reference her, but I think she just obviously there won't be in it. But I, I don't think they can kill her. I just think I they do. Will. I kind of see what you mean, Charlotte. It might, it could kind of fit quite well with the kind of, yeah. if something bad was going to happen to any of them, it would have been Samantha, quite a kind of yeah. tragic. I don't know. I'll be very upset about if that sex happens. drugs. Yeah, exactly. Dyson, she was she was the obvious one to go, wasn't she? <laughs> with all her exploits. Um, but I also anyway, don't, th- I don't think they could go from a scene from like her funeral to then like, let's go for a coffee and talk but about it's ten, but it's 10 episodes so much can happen mm. we shall see speaking um, of 10 episodes have you guys watched a teacher no not yet i oh, need to i was hoping one of you would have watched it by now so my brother messaged me on friday and was like just started watching a teacher reminds me of the affair which we both loved so give it a go and it's on bbc iplayer and it's 10 parts and it's each are like 20 25 minute episodes so it's super super bingeable so we watched the whole thing in two days which is wow. I, I yeah don't normally do but it was just so addictive and it tells the story of a a high school teacher who starts an illicit affair with her pupil who is 17 18 and she's probably early 30s and the first half is very much kind of about their relationship um there's lots of rumpy pumpy but then the second half is kind of what happens after or kind of i guess the effects that the affair has on both of them and their lives and it's really really good I don't want to talk about the ending DM me when you watch it and you want to discuss the ending because I'm going to give something away if I say any more but oh, that sounds I, really highly, good. I um... highly recommend watching it and as I said you can watch it in two nights if you've got nothing else to do with your evening so okay. I'm going to watch it Lou yeah me too yeah. another thing that I watched this weekend in a very different vein is Pieces of a Woman mm-hmm. which launched on Netflix I think on the 7th of January and has had a lot of press about it uh, I don't know if either of you guys have seen it I read about it but I'm dying to watch it it's on my list yeah I just like can't watch really harrowing things mostly at the moment but I've kind of been heading that way for a while I just find it too much I don't get any yeah I just don't get any form of pleasure yeah. out of it so I won't be watching it but everybody's saying okay. it's amazing yeah so it stars Vanessa Kirby and Shia LaBeouf and it basically tells the story of a couple who have a home birth and this is kind of no spoiler but pretty much a minute two minutes after the baby is born the baby sadly dies and it sort of tells the story of kind of what happens next and and how this couple deal with 
their tragedy and their grief, sort of trying to get back to a normal life and coping with that that tragedy and that grief. And the opening scene is, I think it's about 25 minutes and it's one take of the birth scene. So from the very beginning, you are very in it with them and the trauma that they go through. And I've never seen a birth scene like that at all. It was so tense and gripping and kind of you feel that way all the way through and and it's a real it's not even emotional roller coaster because it the whole film is so harrowing Vanessa Kirby's portrayal is absolutely amazing I think she will definitely get Oscar nominated if not a win because it's amazing but I think what's so incredible is that this story of childbirth really isn't discussed I've never seen a film which kind of goes into it this much but I think it's important as well to have those discussions because, you know, the whole miscarriage thing is so, you know, it is still a taboo, but people are talking about it so much more now. That sounds particularly raw and absolutely horrendous, but I think it's important to have that out in the open. That's kind of the point of film, isn't it? To kind of show every aspect of the human life. And that is, I mean, it's actually such a major one. I mean, this sounds particularly traumatic, obviously, because I thought it was about a miscarriage. I didn't realise it was about, like, effectively yeah. a, a stillbirth, right? Yeah. That sounds more what it is. But um, there are still so many women who go through that. And God, I mean, I can't even imagine what it would be like to watch that having gone through it. We were saying yeah. that Pippa Vosper wrote an incredible piece for Vogue, didn't she? Um, yeah. Having been through a similar experience. I was interested to kind of read her take on it, sort of having gone through something similar. And I think she, she found it incredibly poignant. Mm. But there are actually a lot of moments where we had to mute the telly because it was kind of that harrowing and difficult mm. but yeah an amazing amazing piece of cinema and you know not uplifting in any way but I think really inspiring for women to sort of I guess you don't want like want to watch it if you were planning on becoming pregnant it's sort of not going to fill you with a lot of joy but I do think there's something really a really important message in it mm. and for for women to watch and as you say to you know miscarriage is so so common and it hasn't really been spoken about that much and so many more people are opening up about it and how important those kind of taboo topics are yeah Agreed. Should we chat about some things on the site? We have to feature on 25 dresses to buy in the sale. Um, so I want to know, have you guys been sale shopping at all? Tour? I haven't bought a single item this year and I have absolutely no plans on doing so. Are you actively not shopping or I just have just nothing. Not I have, I'm both. I have absolutely nothing to shop for, and I think I just don't see the point. I, I bought a bit for Christmas, and I haven't even worn any of it. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to buy things now. Will you be buying any summer stuff? Are you kind of hopeful for that, or are you just yeah, like, I will. not interested? No. no, I will, but not till near the time. I think. Okay. I'm just, yeah, I'm happy not spending any, any money at the moment. Lou, any sale purchases for you? I got a Nanushka coat in the sale. This is my second attempt at buying it. I bought it pre-Christmas, and then got a horrible email saying you're is unable to be dispatched so sad so sad we're so excited anyway i managed to find it elsewhere but the order status is still pending so i'm really worried that the same thing is going to happen again but other than that I, i really wanted to get a new pair of boots and kind of looking at my wardrobe the last year i've realized that heels is really something that my wardrobe is lacking but it just seems really pointless to buy boots and heels now because mm. I think shoes is really the last thing that I plan to put on whilst working from home. So I know. I bought um, the most beautiful heels for Christmas and I'm I mean they probably won't be worn for a full year. I put them back in the box the other day and I was like, Okay, bye. Yeah. See you never. I know. So sad. So no sort of need for clothes, I think, sort of jewellery and I actually bought my first matching grey sweatsuits, which I know is really, really Congrats. Late, but, yeah, <laughs> thanks. 
<laughs> literally just living in joggers basically where from just from h&m it's like yeah. 12.99 17.99 for a two-piece it's got that like really cozy fleecy lining mm. which is heaven but yeah that's it yeah i know it's not very exciting what about you no i haven't bought anything i'm actually on a no spend january not no spend that's not true i spent plenty but on it i'm not buying clothes in january just because exactly that i definitely do not need anything i've definitely got everything i could possibly need to sit on zoom calls all day and that's about it so i'm deliberately not shopping and saving i I mean the best thing about lockdown is it's such a good saving opportunity isn't it so so i'm enjoying seeing money in my bank account actually i just quite just give it a refresh every every so often i'm like oh that's nice that's nice to see so probably in february we've (laughs) have i mentioned it's my birthday but and also ben so february is always a more expensive month so i thought i'd just hold off Um, okay and i think I will be shopping summer, like, quite soon. I bought a swimsuit last, like, the first week of first ever lockdown in March last year. And I was like, this is so optimistic, but I'm just going to buy it. And I did get to wear it in the summer. So I feel like that's a good omen. So I'm going to buy some swimwear in the next month or so. And then, fingers crossed, get to wear it. Did you guys see that meme about how the, like, roaring 20s came into swing and why everyone was, like, so up for dressing up again? And I feel like like, the same thing is going to happen. get me to a club in the shortest skirt possible like that's literally <laughs> all I want in the whole world I mean yeah. I just, just want to dance so, so much my, so, so badly I bought the dress for my hen party probably this time last year and it's oh. kind of like the most teeny tiny sequin fabulous dress and it's literally just sat under my bed in a box collating dust and I'm just desperate to be able to wear it that's so sad I've got like a group of like fun friends like the fun friends I go out with and last February we were trying to find a date to go out like to put like a big night out in and April the 6th was the first date we could find this is obviously like pre-corona so it went in the diary for April the 6th you know we're approaching April the 6th a year later and I don't think we'll have been to a club since then Um, and now one of those girls is pregnant so that's not going to happen and I just can't believe that we diarised a a big night out eight months ago and I'm still wearing slippers I just can't I can't genuinely can't imagine when clubbing will be allowed again I know it's all you got your hen you actually did get a hen in which is insane to think but but just in the nick of time we went into lockdown like two weeks afterwards I mean we were in the most busy club there must have been covid in that club 100% I mean there's a miracle none of us caught it I know I'm so lucky and I really want to do something else as well um, yeah second second hen yeah maybe if we can we could do a little work thing as well oh yeah oh yeah guys there was a work hen planned for both of you did you know that no yeah oh it was in the diary guys oh Oh, yeah we had really good plans Plans your work hen charlotte actually was like probably one of my highlights of what was that 2019 19 yeah that was so fun that was so much it was so much fun we also spoke to eight influencers about their fashion New Year's resolutions. And I know fashion maybe is kind of one of the furthest things from people's minds right now, but I'm sure between us, we have all been thinking, I suppose mine is sort of not to shop for now. That's more like a January resolution, isn't it? Anyway, do you have fashion resolutions for this year, Lou? Add some heels. Oh yeah, add some heels into my wardrobe. But yeah, it kind of feels a bit irrelevant. It's kind of like thinking about what your resolution is going to be in like 2025. Yeah, it's a bit premature, isn't it? Yeah. 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 There's definitely things I kind of think, oh, it'd be nice to like try that or do that or, Hmm. but yeah, it just feels a bit relevant. But I think one of them is find and shop more independent brands. I think 
think there's also something really rewarding about when you're wearing something new and someone asks you where it's from and it's from a brand that they haven't heard of and you don't yeah. say, oh, Zara on sale. So I'm going to really try and do that, whether that's from shopping or even through the suggestions that we give our readers on the site as well. Very nice. Tor? Yeah, kind of on a similar path. I do want to try and shop a bit more kind of sensibly and invest in more in nicer things like not just buy a jumper from Zara and then it wash it twice and then it's gone all boring and you have to throw it away like yeah. actually think about what I'm buying and do so for the future I guess and also mm. I, I say this every year um, but I really want to wear more colour I just wear so much grey I love grey but I need to wear more colour especially in the spring thinking about this I actually do have a resolution which I actually started last year but I would like to continue into this year upgrading my pyjama and underwear drawers they're a work in progress but it's all about getting rid of the old, out with the old and in with the new, isn't it? And I feel so much more grown up now. I have got rid of all those like old freebie t-shirts that I used to sleep in. I only sleep in matching sets now and I feel so much better for it. There's um, actually a good piece that's running on the site today. So by the time this podcast go up on Thursday, you'll be able to find it. And it's kind of everything that your underwear drawer needs in the sort of very much all of your basics. You can obviously add more frivolous things on top of that, but there's some really good brands. One of my favourite brands is called The Nude Label, which Charlotte, remember we discovered when we went to Brighton. Um, yes, I do. You bought in, that bra. Yeah. Yeah. In um, one of Heather's favourite shops called The Daily Edit. God, that was February. That was pre-corona. I remember we do went remember there. Was- <laughs> Yeah, there was a guy in Brighton who had corona and we were like, shit, better not catch it. We were hand sanitizing at every touch point, but I digress. Knew the label do really beautiful, organic, very simple bras and underwear, knickers and things like that. So a good brand to look out for. Yeah. Mine is Sunspell for the same thing. I love Sunspell underwear. Mm, they, do these enor- they do these, sorry, but they do these enormous knickers, which I'm not joking, are like, they come up nearly to my boobs. <laughs> they are so big. <laughs> and I feel so bad for my poor husband. He's literally like, oh, here they are again. But I love them. They are so comfortable. The bigger, the better. I'm literally Bridget Jones. Tor, what about you? What's your favourite underwear brand? I get a lot on Osho, to be honest. It's an old yes. staple. Yeah. It's so good. I, they just do a certain style of pants and they just you know when you, a shape just fits your body mm. and your bum uh, I buy this in bulk all the time I also buy a lot on the outlet when they have a sale because there's some of the Stella McCartney stuff is like dirty such good bras such good bras such good bras the yeah um, so many people still don't know about Oisho well they're missing out yeah, they are really missing out if you don't it's, know about Oisho it's part of the Zara group available online in the UK and the, some of the best PJs swimwear really good swimwear loungewear yeah great stuff yeah really okay. really good alright guys I think we'll leave it there if you have any feedback do email podcast at sheerlux.com we love hearing from you and don't forget also to rate review subscribe and tell your friends bye bye remember more improve your focus and multitask better hum is a brain sharpener that helps you do all three hums wearable boosts your working memory and will be available in late 2021 sign up to be notified when hum launches and to learn more about the science behind hum at thinkhum.com that's think h-u-m-m.com hum is designed for healthy adults and should not be used if you're pregnant have cognitive impairment implanted devices or a history of seizures the hum patch is not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent disease to learn more go to thinkhum.com dot com.